Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Let's talk about one of my favorite topics ever, masturbation. While masturbation is not a dirty word, it's not uncommon to feel shame and guilt when it comes to self-pleasure. This is due to a combination of cultural norms, religious influences, lack of meaningful media representation, harmful myths we all learned in sex ed, and more. But masturbation should be talked about in a positive light, and we should be honest about the very real positive impacts it has for people, especially for women and people with vulvas. That's why I decided to take pleasure into my own hands, figuratively and literally, with a magic wand masturbation experiment. In a nutshell, I wanted to answer one question. What is the impact of daily magic wand use on my health and wellness, as well as my sexual experience, when compared to regular sexual activity and no sexual activity? Want to see how the experiment unfolded? Check out sexedwithdb.com slash magicwandexperiment now. I'm about to get personal here, so listen up. I'm going to tell you a fun fact about me that you definitely didn't know. The lube that I use most consistently is Uber Lube. I really mean it. If you were here with me right now, I'd tell you to go over to my nightstand drawer and tell me what you see. That's right, you would see a bottle of Uber Lube. If you've never heard of Uber Lube, let me tell you about it. Uber Lube is a silky smooth silicone-based lube recommended by leading doctors, and its body-friendly ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. Another amazing thing about Uber Lube is that it doesn't leave a sticky residue like water-based lubes do. It lasts for a long time and doesn't stain clothing or bedding. I have three bottles of Uber Lube on my bedside table right now, ready when I need it. If you're someone who wants to feel more pleasure in the bedroom, use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Trust me, it's amazing. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? Looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? Me and my partner exit our ordinary with Lion's Den. Lion's Den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new. From novices to dungeon masters, there are products for every comfort level. With 50 plus years in business, Lion's Den is here to help. Can't make it to a local store? Shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop. Lion's Den offers our listeners 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. How can I choose the right sex toy for me? This is a great question. Is the porn that you watch ethical? Let's find out. What if my partner does not want to use a condom? I love this question. This is Curious Sex Ed. A podcast where two real sex educators answer even realer sex ed questions that you write into us. We believe that curiosity around bodies, relationships, and sexuality is for everyone. Learn with us as we educate about amazing sex ed topics and share juicy personal stories along the way. Want to join our bestie crew to gain access to Curious Sex Ed? Listen to the first three episodes of Curious Sex Ed for free wherever you get your podcast. And tune into the rest of the season exclusively on buymeacoffee.com slash CuriousSexEd. Hello, my sex ed with DB pals. I hope everyone is doing really, really great today. 
Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I just had the interview of the century with the folks that you're going to hear today, uh, L and Ezra. Uh, L and Ezra are an amazing couple, and I'm really surprised we hadn't really interviewed a couple and talked about them being a couple on the podcast before, <laughs> or if we have, it was an ep- in an episode a long time ago, and I can't really remember it. Um, but I'm just really, really happy that you get to hear from Ellen Ezra today. We talk about a lot of things in this episode. We talk about going from friends to lovers and what that's like for a friend group and for the two people who decide to get together and kind of what happens there and what happened there for them and their particular experience. We talk about trans joy and using comedy against the haters and why it's super important to use the vitriol of what other terrible people are saying and turned into something that you can claim and feel empowered by and use it, use that story on your own terms. And that is exactly what Ellen Ezra do. We talk about that and you'll, you'll learn more about that and hear how they do that. And then we talk about really what folks should be paying attention to in this current landscape, especially in politics and what we're hearing in the media um, about transness and trans people and non-binary people. And we talk about why it's so important to really pay attention to that and advocate openly and sincerely for trans people and trans rights. Yeah, really just excited for you to hear this episode. They're so funny and really, really fun. And I just had a blast interviewing them. Down to a a fun review from Apple Podcasts from uh, Meditate Today. Five stars. Their review is, what a journey. They say, Great show. Can't get enough of Danielle's funny takes and her guests are top notch. Hope she keeps up the show forever. Wow. Really, really appreciate that meditate today. Thank you so much. Um, I really, really love doing this. So I hope I get to do it forever too. Uh, If you want me to read your review on the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars and review us. It really, really helps uh, when it comes to other people finding the show. If you don't want to do that, feel free to share this episode with your parent or your family member or your friend, uh, because that is really, really helpful. Uh, And here I am with Elle and Ezra. Hello, Elle and Ezra. Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. How are we doing today? Great. Great. How are you? I'm very good. I just had some lunch, so I'm feeling fed. I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling just ecstatic, I guess, if you will. We love Incredible. lunch. Yeah. I will. <laughs> Thank you. We, I will. we love lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, I woke up this morning and I was like, like anxiety was like at a like a seven. And so I made okay. emotional, um, uh, 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 my uh, mental health biscuits, which is something oh, that I do when <laughs> I need to save my mental health is I make biscuits. And they were delicious. Incredible. Yeah. What they turned to me they? and they were like, should I just make biscuits? I think. And I was like, is that going to help you right now? And they were like, yeah. 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 I was like, Go for it. it. And then I made salsa and we were just cooking yeah. pretty silently next to each other. Yeah. Making our Did things. your anxiety go down post biscuit? For sure. After first Great. bite, it's like, it's like 
it's like it's it's like medication yeah. <laughs> spectacular i'm really yeah. glad to hear that um yeah i feel that way uh i live on like a, a commune if you will it's kind of like a co-op in oakland i we cool. live in my fiance and i live in our own one bedroom apartment and we have like 17 people who kind of like share like this big kitchen adu in a backyard and stuff and one of our housemates um is an amazing cook and he mm. recently made a slew of cinnamon rolls and was just like oh, whoever stop. wants one and i was like me i'm i'm yes. i want one <laughs> and it's just a nice a nice little treat when you're feeling a little down or anxious to get, sure. get that sugar yeah. and then crash right back down right precisely yeah, yeah. and there's something right. about just like the process of it all i think often like like just having like a, a direction for my like attention that um, is like a, a sustained activity and like it's really helpful because it's like yeah. usually I'm just like I'm like my mind's like a mosquito and I'm like but baking <laughs> yeah. swats just buzzing around yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sure like yeah cooking and baking it's like okay what's the next next task what's the next mm, thing so you sure. have to like follow it and that maybe calms the mind yeah um, definitely any hooser doozer, yeah. why don't we get this interview started? I'd love for uh, both of you to introduce yourselves, um, tell us about yourselves and the work that you do. And I would just kind of love to hear like what you both are passionate about. I think like in discovering both of you and reading about both of you, you both have many, many talents. And I think that it's hard uh, to grasp in one podcast interview, but we can hmm. we can sure as, as well try, I think. Sure. So why don't we go ahead and, and get started with that? So I'm Ezra. I use he, they pronouns, and um, I'm primarily a musician, hairdresser, and screen print artist, mm -hmm. I'd say. Entrepreneur. Like, those are entrepreneur, but that's right. so vague. Um, I'm also, I, I, I'm like very passionate about um, transmasculine visibility and representation of uh, maybe like not the most common narrative of transmasculinity. Um, so like allowing... For nuance within the the umbrella of trans masculinity and like being an effeminate trans man and like just being visible doing that uh has been really rewarding and healing for me so i feel like that's what else do i do yeah. is that it yeah you do so much he's also very handy like i'm very handy oh, good yeah incredibly handy <laughs> yeah Crafty. Like oh, I'm also a hairdresser. Yes. Did yeah. I not You're say hairdresser? hairdresser? Good with your hands. What what for sure. L like around around the space is Ezra handy with? Like what's like, like you come home and you're like, wow, this is it. Truly anything. Well, the the most significant one in our home is the way he like completely remodeled our back shed to be a barbershop. Oh yeah. And it just oh like like just the way that he like will s have a task and it, well he like builds he like put the floors in he like sawed wood <laughs> he sawed saw, it saw that wood right up, <laughs> right um, up. Uh, yeah and and like and truly transformed it um and wh whenever there's like any sort of little like i could just look around this room alone and and notice all the things that he like put together Aww. um yeah he's very good at that that's very For sweet. Sure. That's very, very sweet. Uh, and what about you, Elle? Tell us yeah. about you. My name is Elle Duran. My pronouns are they and she. And um, I'm an actor, a singer, and a content creator. And um, so I went to school for musical theater, and I've sort of expanded my the, the scope of my um, 
my career <laughs> to include um, like advocacy and um, specifically sort of like using um, what I learned about like storytelling and communication um, to to share just sort of like dis- discoveries about um, just my life and my journey towards self-actualization and whatnot. Mm. And um, I just re- realized during the pandemic how, you know, like social media is such a, um, um, it, it, it's such a tool for like catharsis and like mm. mirrored catharsis. So I can share something and find some sort of like gratification by like sharing this piece of myself, like, or this, this, this realization. And, um, and then other folks can be like, that resonates with me. I never thought of it that way. Or yes, totally. Or no, absolutely not. I hate you, um, which is also <laughs> real. Um, but um, but like having that like that that connection is um is definitely like my passion is just to like drive folks to um, connect deeper to themselves by just literally simply sharing. That's very much my passion is to help drive connection for folks to like connect deeper to themselves and others and community and just like. And, and do that by specifically sharing, like, um, my journey. A very, very like, vulnerability is the currency, <laughs> for sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I feel that so deeply for me whenever I do any sort of sex ed teaching in the classroom. Because mm-hmm. I think when you connect with the youth and they mm-hmm. don't think you're complete dog doo-doo, you're like, okay, I'm doing something right here. Like, when they think that you're trustworthy or they're able to come to you after class and be like, Hey, I didn't really want to ask this in front Mm -hmm. of everybody else, but I trust your opinion. Like, what do you think about this? Right. And I think that is kind of like on social media, that's kind of like the virtual way of doing that, of being like, Hey, like I really appreciated what you just posted. Like, this is Mm -hmm. my story and what you said really, really relates to me and my story. And I think that that's like really powerful. Definitely. I mean, we all like, um, share so many like universal human experiences and i think the only the 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 thing that's like positioned me in this situation is one like my background in like performing and like being able to communicate a message in a way that like that might that is entertaining you know but then also i think like i've i've just like um through answering folks questions i've like found a way of speaking that kind of like um that really resonates with me. Like the more that I've been called to put words to my experience, the better I get at it. And I think that's what resonates with people is like that I'm finding words that they might not have the opportunity to find for themselves or for their own experience. So it's like sharing that verbiage can just like, like words can is are a tool for connection with like ourselves and others. So it's like, I think that's, that's what I, hope to offer folks is like is words (laughs) yes yeah that's that's definitely how I feel about whenever I see Alok and any Mm -hmm. of their content I feel like if you listener don't know who Alok Mm -hmm. is search A-L-O-K um they are an incredible poet and queer activist and trans activist and the way that they speak makes me uh emotional because yeah. i feel like i'm kind of in incapable sometimes of being able to say the words that i want to say to express myself and mm-hmm. i feel like they 
do a really fantastic job of that. And when I discovered you both, I felt like you both did that in various ways, either through music or through skits or through, you know, just talking to camera and kind of just sharing a story. And I think uh, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, Alok is definitely a huge inspiration. Their book was one that like, their book Beyond the Gender Binary is one that I had like all of my loved ones read when I first came out just to sort of give them some context. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um so we rarely do uh interview interviews with couples on the podcast. Wow. It's I think we've only done like one and I and we we, we weren't even talking about them being a couple. It was like they happened to work together on this thing mm. that we were interviewing them about. And so it's really nice to have you both here um, together. And so I wonder if you can just give us a little bit of more detail about like your love story and how you met and like what that was like um, and how long you've been together and just whatever whatever you want to share. Yeah. That's my favorite story. <laughs> oh, great. We started out as friends. and Here's the thing. <laughs> it was cool, but it was. I'll pretend. No, it wasn't. No, no, just kidding. No, We like we started out at like just being in this like queer trans friend group that was like a lot of like people on social media just kind of started hanging out together and going out and partying, mm-hmm. being in our early twenties and just sure. going for it. <laughs> and I. uh like I just was like really taken by L because they were always the person in our friend group that would like say something hilarious under their breath and nobody would hear it or people would just like not like they would hear it but they wouldn't like really let it sink in and uh and I'd be like the only one that would get the joke and I just thought that they were like the funniest person I'd ever met in my entire life and uh and so then I just started standing next to them. Like when we would be hanging out as a group, I would like find them and like beeline for them, trying to like hear their the funny thing they were going to say. Oh. And that was how it started for me. It was just like a genuine admiration for their uh, their sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then we fucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like history. cut to like, yeah, just like I was like, town. you're funny. <laughs> Let's fuck. <laughs> no, then we started. Then we. Um, I was really interested in 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 like exploring intimacy with uh with our friends because I had been in a polyamorous dynamic with uh, another person and we uh we had an open relationship and he was really into hooking up a lot with other people and I was like uh, every time I tried to hook up with somebody it was really lame and <laughs> I I was like kind of giving up on like hooking up with strangers on apps Mm. and then but I was still horny and I was like what am I gonna do how am I gonna wait when you say lame was it like just not a good connection like what was happening it was just like so as a person with a pussy like this is a really common experience for folks trying to hook up with like people with dicks who have like people with pussies trying to hook up with people with dicks that's it's like it's like, I, I don't know. For me, it was like I, I would just kind of be in acceptance of the fact that I probably wouldn't come. Mm. Like I would just be like, well, I mean, I might like have some pleasurable experience, but I'm probably not going to finish. 
like and then I would just go into the hookup knowing that and it was like already kind of a defeatist mindset and it was only because it was based on actual lived experience you know and over the course of my like early 20s you know hooking up with people it was like probably 90% of the time uh I wouldn't I wouldn't finish so it was just like lame right I don't know been then, there many times and right? many people yeah many people with vulvas can confirm um yeah mm-hmm. that is a very i think it's changing personally i think like mm-hmm. anecdotally and like mm-hmm. just the data that are coming out around like the way in which people with vulvas and women identifying people are interacting with their partners mm-hmm. i do think that that conversation is shifting a bit but I do too. I, yeah but i definitely agree that like if we're talking like five, 10, 15 years ago, like that was not really the case. No. And also the internalized shame about advocating for my pleasure that I had already developed over the course of my lifetime. um, That was definitely affecting my ability to like, say like, hey, what about me, bro? What's (laughs) up? Like, and usually there were cis gay men who were like, I've never been with a pussy before. I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) Or they'd be like, I'm going to make you come 17 times. And I'm like, I doubt, I doubt that. Like, you're like, just the once will do. Maybe the the twice. (laughs) Try once first. Jesus. Right. So, um, so that was what led me to wanting to like hook up with my friends because they were all hot and like fun. And I was like, great, let's try this. So I was really forward with my friend group and I was like, what about intimacy? And then I was like, let's play spin the bottle and see what happens. And that was the first time we kissed. Ezra was so (gasps) suave because everyone, almost every, no, everyone. I wasn't suave. You were suave. Everyone had (laughs) kissed everyone in the room except we hadn't kissed yet and we were playing it so like the person who spun got to decide who the person landed on would kiss so Ezra like spun the bottle and it landed on me and he said kiss me and I was like (laughs) (laughs) insert squawk here (laughs) yes and then we unkissed and it was um magical and i was was it a peck was it a makeout was it like oh sorry we gotta go like we gotta go finish this somewhere else it was like a there was was tongue kiss was there tongue oh my god i touched your tongue maybe i'm sure we touched tongues (laughs) yeah i must i I feel like he's sure of it it must have i'm i mean as we're sober i'm not but I was a little, t- a little tipsy then. So, so, so I can sure. confirm we <laughs> touched you touched tongues. tongues. Okay, I, I and so that. okay, I have a lot. We have a lot to unpack here. I mean, first of all, I want to touch on this idea of like intimacy with friends. Mm. I think like there is a very real thing where people feel this like super closeness with friends, and like it's very rare. I feel to hear friend groups kind of interacting in that way. Can you maybe speak a little bit to like? the scary parts of that or like the celebratory parts or what that looked like for your friend group? Yeah. I mean, it didn't go well. But I think that like in, in theory, we were all very much like just, um, just like a lot of folks are specific, especially in like the queer community, just like exploring a, a new, like um, or redefining the boundaries of love and intimacy and just sort of like, like recognizing, Oh, like 
um i i ha- like enjoy this person's company like i i might not like partnership might not be correct but like we're both physically attracted to each other like maybe we can share a moment and share one together and just enjoy it and let it be innocent and playful mm-hmm. and the nights that we were like it was really lovely and also like i think um you know we could have the conversation uh, i think there were feelings involved like as much as we wanted to operate under this i'll speak for myself as much as i wanted to operate under this ideology of a like free limitless love um i wasn't left without like the conditioning and the um the uh, uh the emotional connection and the like the the expectations that come with being intimate with someone mm. so it's like um like the 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 theory i still like believe in wholeheartedly but in practice for me it was much more challenging than um than it sounds you know mm. um yeah so i i don't i don't regret it by any means um good I, yeah of, of course because we uh, well, we <laughs> thanks <course>. god <laughs> of course um but like she's I, like i have something to say yeah <laughs> to i don't regret it no, no good um, awesome it was definitely like it was definitely a tricky time like dealing with the yeah. fallout of that that was like for your friends too or like for everyone involved the friend group exploded oh boy yeah it and it it was really a catalyst for the explosion was yeah. this this uh us getting together thing yeah us falling okay. madly in love and, and ha- you starting to build shelves around your house. Basically. <laughs> it was really the shelves that did it. It was at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could get that, especially, yeah, I mean, friend groups that are very close, like, have a certain dynamic. And mm-hmm. when two people of that group, like, shift that dynamic, there could be hurt feelings or maybe Definitely. it's not the same as before. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, either of you or both of you have seen the incredible HBO show called Somebody Somewhere, um, no, but it's no. a really cute show um, and it's with Bridget Everett, who is I a love comedian. Bridget Everett. Yeah. Okay. Then you have to see this show. Okay. So basically like she's like going through a hard time. She like moves back home because her sister passes away of cancer and she needs to kind of like deal with the fallout of that and her mom like has an alcohol problem and it's like a it's a it's a comedy but it's a little dark and in season two i won't spoil anything because i want you to see for yourself but there very much is this piece of like there's a really close friendship that she has with uh like this queer friend of hers in her town who like doesn't really date that much and then he like potentially, you know, finds a boyfriend and she's like very hurt by this based on how close their friendship is. And it kind of unfolds from there. But I mm-hmm. think like very, I just saw like that episode. Like, oh yeah. This week. Amazing. So I think it's very relevant and yeah, it's tough. Like how, how did you kind of navigate that repair or like, what does that look like with you two and your friends now? Um. Well, I think that what really happened was the truth the of our incompatibility was revealed really mm. really quickly when when we were trying to deal with the repair and the fallout and like i did my best to keep my side of the street clean by like doing anything i could to like be really really honest and upfront with everybody while everybody seemed not everybody but like while it seemed to be like 
like there was a lot of fear and a lot of like talking behind people's backs and a lot of that. And I was just like, I can't do this. Like I'm one, I'm like in recovery. So like secrets and lying and like that kind of stuff is like so insidious for me, like that, that threatens my sobriety really quickly. So like, I, I can't do that. Like, that's why I was just like, I have to, like, we have to talk, like, let's get together as a group and talk. And, and it, it just like was really quickly revealed that um, we had different priorities and different worldviews about autonomy and like, what, what it meant to be in control of our, our bodies and our, our lives and uh and not like have ownership over folks and that's basically like Mm. what I learned and so we came away from it just being like let's it's it's just you and me babe yeah (laughs) and also I think um we just realized how good um we felt together Mm, and um and the more we like leaned into spending time with each other and realized how good and easy and clean it was it kind of highlighted like um in all aspects of my life you know like what doesn't feel as good and clean and easy you know right um, and it revealed that for sure by just existing alongside this amazing feeling recognizing oh mm. like I deserve to curate my life to be full of things and people that feel as good as this. And that's the the beautiful thing. And um, it, I think like as folks like, you know, grow up and I think in, in, in your twenties, really like that's sort of the journey is like at first chasing um, bigness, chasing like attention, chasing like whatever's like the cool thing to do, whatever's hot, going out, looking cool, feeling cool. And then realizing like, as you get used to that feeling, realizing that it's superficial and you're craving more. Mm -hmm. And then as you are like seeking out more and realizing that you deserve to be picky, that I'd rather have less and higher quality things and people in my life than be surrounded by people who I don't feel like I don't feel have, that have like, your back and lightness. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think now like um, my world is like, is smaller and richer at the same time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're getting into the weeds of it. This was not <laughs> yeah. a part of the script. This is, good, though. This is <laughs> For sure. this is some good stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I totally relate to that. I, mm. I recently turned 30 this, well, not that recent, this past December. So I'm kind of midway through my 30th year here. Congrats. Um, Thank you very much. Um, But yeah, I I totally get that. I think like relationships take a lot of like love and compatibility for them to feel like effortless and light. Mm -hmm. And for some of the ones that feel really worth it, where both of you really love each other and you want to put in maybe that extra effort and work, then maybe it's worth it. But Mm -hmm. like, figuring out where there is lightness and where Mm -hmm. there is richness without maybe feeling like you're kind of putting in like a lot, a lot, a lot of emotional labor that you're not really able to add considering other things that are going on in your life. Like it's, it's important to take stock of that. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. It just so happens that Elle and I are like incredibly compatible and that like, like so far it's just been like easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Yeah. Cover squirrel. Yeah, yeah. squirrel. We're really like waiting for it to get hard, and it just gets 
easier. It's yeah, it's really <laughs> it feels that's special. That's it very, really that's is rare. I I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I I I've been around the block. Let me tell you, <laughs> been around a few times. Yeah, and in Oakland, I had to leave because I fucked my way through. <laughs> Just Dude, every single person. I was college. a Millsbian. I went to oh, Mills. Yeah, and that's a Mil- like a Millsbian. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so Mills College is a college in Oakland for the listener that doesn't know. It's a lesbian college in Oakland. <laughs> oh, is it exclusively lesbian? They're like, are you lesbian? Come on in. Come on, Come on in. No, literally my my like essay was like, I'm like, so, yeah, it was like, I, I don't know how I got into that school, but like somehow um but yeah so like i i've definitely uh i've definitely had a lot of relationships in my day i started dating when i was in sixth grade and then just didn't stop yeah from then yeah. on so and so it's special <laughs> what you incredibly special <laughs> what ellen and i have like this is i mean they're you're my forever person forever and ever amen don't i'm gonna cry okay it's nice it's so nice love is nice and it's nice to witness and yeah it's it's very it's very special so thank you for being interviewed together and sharing your love story interested in experimenting with anal sex here are 10 things to know before bottoming with expertise from a doctor and anal surgeon at future method Number one, lube is a bottom's best friend. Nothing beats the slickness and endurance of silicone. Number two, there are many types of lube out there, but not all of them are great for your butt. The three types you should avoid are warming lubes, desensitizing or numbing lubes, and spit. Number three, there's a proper way to stretch your hole before your bottoming debut. People talk about introducing toys into foreplay and self-play, but they also serve a very important purpose, dilating and maintaining your hole both to aid opening and strengthening of the skin and muscle so that you can maximize your pleasure and minimize your risk of injury. Number four, douching with water or enemas isn't good practice. Enter the Future Method Anal Douche Powder Packs, a first-of-its-kind solution you can take on the go to help you feel confident and ready before you bottom. Number five, it's not only okay to speak up, but it's imperative for the health and safety of everyone involved. While initial discomfort may be present, if anything hurts, stop. Want to hear the rest? Go to futuremethod.com to learn more and don't forget to use code SEXED with DB for 15% off their amazing products. I'm Amy, sex and relationship coach, certified sex educator, and 2022's Sexpert of the Year in the sex toy industry. And I'm April, VP of Hot Octopus, sex toy mogul, and 2016's Woman of the Year in the sex toy industry. Allow us to introduce you to Shameless Sex, a real talk, informative podcast all about sex and relationships, but with a playful twist. Want to learn how to eat pussy like a champ? Suck diak like a boss. How to better communicate, connect with, and touch lovers and partners. Or maybe you just want to be the master baiter of your own sexual pleasure. Shameless Sex releases episodes weekly and features accredited doctors, authors, therapists, and educators. Available on all podcast apps. Just look up Shameless Sex to discover your new best friends when it comes to all things sex and relationships. To learn more, visit shamelesssex.com. Let me tell you about one of my favorite pleasure product retailers out there, Lion's Den. If you haven't heard about Lion's Den before, I can't wait to tell you about them. 
Lion's Den opened its first retail facility in Columbus, Ohio in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they've grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the U.S., building their reputation on high-quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lion's Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being, and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They are simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lion's Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase in-store and online with code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? Get your amazing Lion's Den toy now. We're going to switch gears to comedy right Let's quick do it. Um, oh, because, um, as I mentioned to you offline before this interview, I discovered both of you from your hilarious viral video, A Day in the Life of a Trans Couple. And we're going to play that right now so that the listener, listener, let me tell you, it, I highly recommend you seeing it because <laughs> the visuals are chef's kiss. They're very, very good and they very much add to the video. <laughs> but for now, I will give you the audio of Elle and Ezra's A Day in the Life of a Trans Couple. We'll play that right now. A day in the life of a trans couple. First, we wake up and immediately stab each other with our daily dose of hormones paid for by the conservative taxpayers of America. We get out of bed, brush our teeth, wash our face. Then we stand in the mirror and scream at our bodies because we hate them! After we get dressed in the clothing of the opposite sex, we make some coffee and breakfast. On the menu today is egg, homemade biscuit, and leftover meat from Ezra's top surgery. Mmm, protein. Time for some exercise. It is my all-time dream to dominate in women's sports, so I'll spend two hours bench pressing Ezra while he researches for local public restrooms that we haven't terrorized yet. Then to get out of the house, we'll go hunt for the neighborhood children so we can force them into drag and teach them the ins and outs of transgenderism. Once we've successfully turned all the kids trans, We'll head back home to start winding down. We will spend at least three hours engaging in biological heterosexual intercourse just to pull an Uno reverse card on God and really rub it in her face. Is this what you want from us? Before bed, we always make sure to pray to Satan, thanking him for blessing us with mental illness and doing his work through us. Thanks Thanks for for watching. Every time it just gets better (laughs) and better and better. Okay, so this, I've seen this video like maybe six times and I've sent it to everyone I know because (laughs) I feel like it it's very unique in that it does a really really good job of using comedy to show like the absurdity of these really common myths and misrepresentations of trans people that we're seeing so much these days in very hateful ways in the media Mm -hmm. and I would love to just talk about this because Mm -hmm. it completely viral millions and millions of views at this point. Uh, And I would just love to know like the process of making it. Like, can you talk about comedy and using that as like a way to fight hatred and like share love and light and silliness in in this way? Yeah, that's, I mean, mean, that's the kind of um, humor that happens in our household. Like all day, we're just kind of like using those like, I don't know. We're very, um, our sense of humor is very like vulgar and extreme and it's often like reclaiming the like narratives about us and like fully claiming them as if they're true because we think it's hilarious because literally all we do is like 
skip around all day and make biscuits like (laughs) yeah and and it's like (laughs) it's it's just like um honestly what had happened a couple weeks prior is that we got like bullied on the internet by this guy uh, who has like this really huge podcast and he just like made fun of our relationship and it really took me out like I was Mm. really like um just really affected by it one because he sent all of his like pawns to like you know like over to our page and so like I was getting like thousands of hate comments and death threats and it was just like overwhelming and um so like I I didn't land on comedy immediately you know like I had to go through a lot of grief and pain and just like the stages yeah for sure and it's like it really threw me off and um and as so like as I was coming out of it like I knew and we knew that we wanted to like respond to it somehow and um and like you know the the first inclination is like like attack that person you know like attack them back but knowing that like that that isn't good for uh, it, that isn't a good thing to do because it it's just not a good thing to it's do. not a good thing to do it doesn't <laughs> feel good even though it might scratch an itch um mm. but but then uh, then one day i think i came back from like an appointment or something and i was like and we were just like how did it? I have no idea. I don't even. I, it I, feels. It feels like a blur. It feels like a blur. We just started writing mm-hmm. this script. We yeah. wanted. To, we knew we wanted to make something together. Yeah. We we initially were going to write a song together, right. and that ended in yeah. flames. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, let's write a song to the hater, a love letter to the haters. Yeah, it was like, and then we were really, like, why are we focusing on that? It was so That's, hard. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like with what you're saying about mm-hmm. like the like like the initial responses to like clap back somehow mm-hmm. for me i had this epiphany while i was processing my my reaction to that podcaster guy i was thinking about like w- why it's so uh infuriating to even have to think about a clap back mm-hmm. because it insinuates that this is an argument mm-hmm. and it is not it is somebody who is insane saying false things about real people mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. do not know and then saying that they're true it's like it's like if this were any other situation it would be so obvious like if this person was saying like this about any other abreast minority about about a fucking like if there was a tree and then he was like there's no tree people would be like you're dumb mm, like right. or like what's wrong with or can you can you see first of all like mm. that's a valid question can you <laughs> right. see Let's and start then from the basics. He, mm. but then if he can see then he's just nuts mm-hmm. you know but because he's talking about trans people he's like well let's hear him out and it's like why why would i want to hear him out that's dumb mm-hmm. It's right, infuriating. Like there's, no, <laughs> there's no kind of like rationalizing this. Like we're not going to ever be on the same page here because you are literally saying false things that are mm-hmm. actively harmful and hurtful. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. really sorry that you had to go through that mm-hmm. also. 
It sucked. It's and, and but like yeah. but the thing is like transness and gender nonconformity has been like the butt of the joke in the media for like decades. So it's so easy for folks in the media and folks responding to content like spewing lies about transness or laughing at trans people to like minimize it to like see it as something that's like just sick or or like laughable or um pathetic yeah and it's like and it's and it's you know i think what we both discovered was like the power of making yourself the butt of the joke and right. claiming it and say and like like we like we joke all day like about being like 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 <laughs> dirty dirty transsexual yeah, like, yeah <laughs> like just be like we we like yeah we 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 everything they say about us we do too just like like just to because it's funny to us it actually is it is funny there are things about it that are hilarious yeah. it's just that we don't have the animosity or the mm -hmm. the we mine it's all minus the death threats right. really it's yeah. just right. it's not funny <laughs> And we just like love and care and like kindness mm -hmm. and control of the narrative of like when yeah. you want to do that and how yeah. you want to do that exactly. and right. who you do it with. Yeah. And like that's the whole difference, right? Yeah. Yes. And so with this video is very much like let us show them what it would actually look like if these things were true. Yeah. Like if we like if you are going to villainize us without actually knowing a trans person or, or connecting to a trans person or hearing them out or seeing the humanity in them like watch a human two human trans people going through the motions of what you say is true and just like look how absurd you look like yeah, right and it's i like think their own words throwing them back in their face absolutely exactly. and it's like like I think it just, it, it felt really good to get such a great response to it because being, we were laughing while filming it <laughs> all day. It was so fun. It's fucking like, funny. It's really footage, funny. The footage that we have yeah. of us like sprinting through the streets, through our neighborhood. We like, should do some bloopers We should. We should. <laughs> um, it, it like, it was just, it was really healing being able to like, like, transmute that like tension and that energy that negative energy into like laughter and i think yeah. that is powerful and i don't think it's the only way but i think it is um perhaps a um um underutilized way in the social media space i agree right um, definitely totally. and a, a lot of folks don't have uh access to the language that that like like a lot like like, I don't have statistics in my brain. Mm. I don't have, like, beautiful sentences that are going to, like, cut down somebody who's trying to bully me. Like, I don't have that. I'm not – that's not my strong suit. So <laughs> – but I am hilarious, and mm -hmm. uh, and I can make a video. And so, like, <sighs> I think leaning into what our strengths are – only builds our self-esteem and our self-confidence mm -hmm. and it maintains our power too. Like mm. I don't want to, I don't want to like engage with a bully and use energy to do that and feel depleted right. afterwards. Mm -hmm. I already feel bad, you know? 
So like, I want my, if I'm going to respond, I want it to be life-giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did it feel when it started going viral? Like what was that initial kind of, rea- was it like super overwhelming? Did you feel like, oh, like shit, I didn't expect this. Like I'm, I'm going to pull up, you know, and see what the, the most current count is. But hmm. like, it's, it's wild. Like it's, it's. How many, what are we, 200, it's been liked by 250,000 people. Uh, it's mm. been viewed 2.1 million times. Like that, that in and of itself must have felt <laughs> like, oh my God, what is, what is this here? What have we created? Huh. Yeah. Did it, does it feel that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I we're really used to this. It's no, fine. definitely not. Like that is definitely like abnormal. But it it is feels it though? some. I don't know. I think. I think honestly, like, I don't know. I don't know the like measure of um on the internet. Sometimes it feels like you're only as like successful as your last post. So mm. it's like so you're so like it, we're on to the next one. A bit, you know, it kind of <laughs> immediately. That sucks. That I sucks know, right? That it's like that a little bit. Yeah, no, it definitely does. But it's like I, I mean, I definitely am incredibly proud of it. And while it was happening, it like it um like we were like we refreshing were yeah. all day, yeah. and we were like uh, yep. so happy that like people were like having the response that we we hoped they'd had and like we got like i mean we both on instagram specifically only people who follow us can comment so we got like we we got very few like hate comments maybe one that was just like annoying like eye roll but like yeah i'll um, take an eye roll yeah i, I that's roll fine. us too yeah. Whoever. <laughs> but it felt really it, it felt really great that we could like like that folks could laugh with us yeah you know definitely yeah. and like we went out the like a few nights after we posted mm-hmm. it and it was like we were at like some queer birthday party and people were like we loved your video, loved your video. oh my god people <laughs> came up to you like strangers no well like celebrity like like other influencer type people cool i yeah it was just it's cool it was fun yeah it was fun. it's a little celebrity moment it feels like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> I, I love it. I think yeah. it's it's so important. It's so funny. It to me, like as someone who really values humor, and like you said, Ezra, with like, oh, like you know, we don't, we're not always like, oh, fifty six percent of X Y Z population. Right. Like that, people don't like remember that mm-hmm. really. No. Like they remember like things that made them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And yes. I remember how I felt the six times mm-hmm. I watched your video, which is like. <laughs> This is so unique. This is so funny. This is so important. And I think like, you know, just to segue really quickly, I think like because we're talking about like celebrating transness, I think it's equally as important to talk about like the current state of kind of like what trans folks and non-binary folks are experiencing in this country and how dire of a situation it is. And to not only talk about that and talk about the celebration, but like I would be remiss not to kind of ask, right? Like what should we be paying attention to like Mm -hmm. folks who are listening right now when it comes to how important it is to advocate for queer trans non-binary rights Mm -hmm. um, and lives of people. Yeah. Well, I think most people, I believe, are um, are like a bit indifferent. Um, 
like most people probably think, oh, trans women shouldn't be playing in women's sports, like because they have this idea about like, um, about like biological sex that's not like the whole picture, or they have an idea about like the rules of um, trans women competing, or I don't know. They, they, people have a lot of ideas about transness and like opinions that they haven't really like leaned into. They don't enter these conversations with curiosity. They enter with like looking to get validation about how they already feel. Mm. And I think like, I just wish that people would, like most people don't know a trans person. They just know transness as this idea. And they have all of these narratives about transness that aren't built by trans people themselves. So it's like, Mm. but when we're looking at like the like political climate around transness and also the like violence and vitriol and like the, 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 these narratives that are being spread about us are truly um, it, it is the like stage, like what, I don't know. Someone said it's like stage seven or eight of like genocide, like truly like calling trans people, groomers and pedophiles, politicians calling like trans specific trans people, groomers and pedophiles who like are literally just, just trans people in the world, like just for existing. It is, it it is, it is so vicious. It is, it is intentional attacks in order to keep folks in line with this like oppressive status quo in order, in order to just like for folks to like, perpetuate their ideas of their own supremacy like in their identity and where in way of being and like it is all like it all stems from narratives and and like rules like that that were put in place like with like like by colonizers and colonization and this this way of creating a supreme evolved race and and when we break it down and peel back the layers it really is like like white supremacy it at at work and and like like the fact that like there are many cultures around the world who have historically celebrated gender nonconformity and transness like that has been entirely erased in the name of creating a supreme race but even the gender binary which alok talks about this too mm-hmm. uh, originally when it was like instated and 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 like imposed onto the population it didn't apply to black and brown people because it was considered like a sign of evolution is existing under these norms. And so like, I just, people don't know this. And as a trans person, like as a trans person who was up against being challenged all day, every day, I have yeah. done so much research and just trying to learn about my own experience and why I'm feeling this way and why these rules and why the status quo feels like makes me miserable to try to mold myself into. It's like that feeling is real. And people, people really see like people don't see the experiential as equally real and valid as the physical. So they just want to focus on my physical body, not just not my experience. They don't see my experience in this body as equally real and valid as my body itself. And because they don't see themselves that that way, they can't see themselves beyond the structures that they have been bred to, to, to like serve. They are, they like, and if they just could see us as a key 
to like expand themselves beyond these limitations as opposed to like recognizing that like we are not a threat to them we are a threat to the structures that like oppress us all and they don't Mm. know the difference between themselves and these structures that they've made sacrifices to uphold because they're subconscious and and, and, and in many in a lot of ways you're so so hot (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's infuriating to have so much clarity and then and and then watch people like just like experience over and over and over again yeah and and just like just have no compassion or curiosity you know like i am if if they could just look into my eyes and see the humanity and also see the joy and euphoria that i have as i have leaned further into this this what i know to be true of my identity Mm. like they would not see me as a threat they would be like, I want what they're having. Like, how did they get to that place? What can I learn from their experience? And many people are like that. Many people are. Like, that's what I've built my platform off of. And um, and it's like people's, how people experience me is a reflection of their readiness and willingness to confront what I stir up in them, which is the sacrifices they've made to uphold the gender binary. So. Is there any anything else to add? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. I'm so in love with you. Thanks. Oh, I, I love, love the too. way you speak. Um what was the question? <laughs> no. Really 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 good good uh follow up there. Um Basically, the question <laughs> is, like, what do we need to be paying attention to? And, like, why why is it critical that we're kind of having this conversation right now? Sure. Um, I think that we need to be paying attention to our, like, like, okay. I feel like the main, the main thing that I'm, I'm noticing about the bullies and the people who are, um, like inciting genocide upon us <laughs> wanting to kill us Literally. is that they don't see our humanity like Elle said you know and it's like like we but I also have internalized transphobia that allows me to disregard my own humanity and the humanity of other trans people around me I'm still working through lit like having been raised in this transphobic mm-hmm. system And so I think that the main thing that I would suggest is like unlearning and unpacking our own internalized transphobia as our main priority in Mm. general, because like we cannot uh, actually change the patterns that we are are, are engaging with that are transphobic if we don't um, actually change within ourselves to start like it's 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 quite simple like the more the more we lean into unpacking all of our like weird internalized beliefs about what transness is the more love we'll have for ourselves the more love we'll have for people around us and the more compassion and whatever empathy we're not so different Mm -mm. like literally we all know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in our skin Mm -hmm. We that is a human experience. Mm-hmm. 
just because mine has to do with needing to chop my tits off doesn't mean that it's that much different than somebody who like, like it's just, and I think a lot of trans people like to hold on to this idea that like transness is so different than cisness. A, a, a trans experience is so different than a cis experience. And yes, it is. And there are so many similarities mm-hmm. because we are humans mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think like the more I lean into finding our similarities and, and relating to what everybody, like the more compassion I have for a human, human beings as a whole. And I think that that is really, uh, important Mm -hmm. yeah and i just think for folks um listening to who i i imagine perhaps most of the folks who are listening are like are are potentially very liberal and accepting with it yeah yeah so like um they've got made it this far so um so i think really what i want to people to know is that this is not the time to run away from the folks in your life who have transphobic viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Like this is the time to confront them and educate them because they are the ones who are voting that creates like that gives people the power to take away what makes us like wanting to stay alive. (laughs) Like literally their desire to take away our healthcare and trans kids, like gender affirming healthcare for trans kids, like, Every major medical association, like, believes that gender affirming healthcare saves lives. So mm-hmm. if we, if if you are not fighting up against people who think who are trying to take that away from trans kids, then like you are running away from this literal like murder. Like it is murder. It's not like it, it's just it's so upsetting. Like there are we were in Florida this past weekend, and like for uh, Ezra was at a a gig and just see like it was such a beautiful experience watching community come together and also like just like um speaking to folks who are so afraid of of losing what makes life worth living Hmm. um and it's it's happening it's not even a what if it's happening so it's it's like it's it's time to have those hard conversations it's it's not it's uh, you know it's it's not enough to just like cut those people out to protect your peace because the more we isolate ourselves from the people who are harming us um then then the less we can do to stop it yeah mm-hmm. really well said and i really appreciate both of your viewpoints and sharing your experiences i think you know if you're someone who's listening who you know you don't really know where to start maybe like start in your own community google mm-hmm. you know like lgbtq plus center near me give them a call, shoot them an email, like figure out if you can volunteer or donate or if they want you to be a part of their campaign or, you know, like start where you are and see how it goes. Um, And yeah, I think it's, you're right. Like now is the time to really speak up and Mm -hmm. speak out and pay attention. Mm -hmm. And um, Ezra had a specific question for you around your music, but I wonder if it would be more powerful if you're okay with it, if at the end of this interview and episode, we could play one of your songs so folks could hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
Great. I think that's the best way for someone to really get to know someone's music instead awesome. of just talking about music. It's like, instead of talking about a picture, let's just look at yeah. the picture. Yeah, <laughs> and I think totally. it's the same thing for music. So sure. um, we can chat about which song after, but listener, don't you worry. You will get a fantastic performance um, <laughs> recorded, not live. Listen, listen. We only have an hour together. Um, but I would love to know, just to close out this wonderful interview, and again, thank you both so much for taking the time and hearing your story. Um, it's been really wonderful, but I'm wondering if you can share what's next for you too, maybe as a couple and as individuals and, uh, where can our listeners find both of you? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> our year anniversary is, is that next week? June 15th, mm-hmm. whatever that oh, is. Oh, so early anniversary. That's the next thing. That's the next thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Career-wise, who knows, baby? <laughs> I'll still be on the internet making my, making my videos. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we like making stuff together. Yeah, I think we that do. we've really tried to maintain very low pressure for that mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. really create some boundaries around, like, creating stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, like, we're unlike a lot of couple couples – on the TikTok and Instagram in the sense that like we, we don't record every second of our lives together. And like when, like even when we're experiencing something that is hilarious or whatever, like my first thought isn't to take my phone out and start recording it. So, I mean, I feel like the, the next thing that we do together will be a surprise to all of us. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) But we do we do enjoy um, being creative together. So we'll see. And then for me, like uh, I'm I'm going to be trying to tour in the next year or so. That's my that's my my goal Um, and doing some pride gigs. I'm going to be at Orange County Pride, uh, Long Beach Pride in July and um, yeah, releasing a new song probably in Mm -hmm. August ish. And uh, about 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 you, even yeah, oh, uh, squawking. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, also check out um, Ezra's a clothing brand. Oh yeah, um, Pussy Boy Apparel. Pussy Boy Apparel. It is exceptional. <laughs> it's it's like a clothing line I, I created for trans masks, uh, empowerment, and body positivity, and incredible, love. Mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. And I'm very talented. Folks... <laughs> as, as I mentioned before, <laughs> I ha- I'm really fucking good at stuff. Um, where can folks find you? What are your What are your handles? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at l dot duran. Yes, e l l e dot d e r a n. So you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Ezra Michelle Music. That's E Z R A M I C H E L Music. You can also find me at Pussy Boy Apparel on Instagram and TikTok. Um, but the U in pussy is an underscore because of censorship. Of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm really, really happy again to meet both of you. Thank you again so much. And now please enjoy Ezra's music. Pussy boy pussy, I'm not talking about pussy, I'm talking drip, drip, dripping out the front of his pants. So you think you know pussy, just cause you've been checking out ladies. 
But you never even asked yourself if there was another pussy to be thinking about. Try me on for a size, I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. When you realize this boy was what you've been looking for your whole life. Pussy boy, pussy, I'm not talking about pussy, I'm talking drip, drip, dripping out the front of his pants. His whole wide world is gonna get your tongue to dance on that pussy boy, pussy. On that pussy boy, pussy, on that pussy boy, pussy. That pussy, pussy, pussy boy. On that pussy boy, pussy, on that pussy boy, pussy. That pussy, pussy, pussy boy. It's the best kept secret in all of human history. The ones that keep it quiet are surely gonna come for me. I'm tired of the hush, hush about all the luscious boys who like the way their bodies get turned on like gush, gush. All I wanna say is pussy is the vibe and the way. I'm here to speak the truth and to dismantle the shame. It's our time. It's come time. Pussy boy, pussy, I'm not talking about pussy, I'm talking drip, drip, dripping out the front of his pants. His whole wide world is gonna get your tongue to dance on that pussy boy, pussy. On that pussy boy, pussy, on that pussy boy, pussy. That pussy, pussy, pussy boy. On that pussy boy, pussy, on that pussy boy, pussy. That pussy, pussy, pussy boy. On that pussy boy pussy, on that pussy boy pussy, that pussy 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 boy. On that pussy boy pussy, on that pussy boy pussy, that pussy 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 boy. Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalow. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our associate producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Luigi. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. For exclusive content and to submit an anonymous sex ed question, check out my new podcast on Fridays, Curious Sex Ed, hosted with Mariah Caudillo of Sex Ed Files. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash curiouss sex ed to learn more. See you next time. <laughs>